This is another reading of a Joseph Mercola, Mercola.com article called The Stealth Plan to Force Messenger RNA Jabs on the Public. It's dated February 2nd, 2022. Story at a glance. The COVID pandemic is rife with cover-ups, starting with China intentionally allowing the outbreak to spread by saying there is no evidence of human-to-human transmission. In 2019, Dr. Anthony Fauci and a former director of the U.S. Biomedical Advanced Research and Development Authority, BARDA, hinted at a pandemic being a perfect excuse for transitioning from conventional vaccine manufacturing into experimental messenger RNA technology that would otherwise take decades to bring to the market. Two of the biggest cover-ups have been the persistent denials of SARS-CoV-2 being the result of -of gain-of-function research and that the pandemic was the result of a lab leak, whether accidental or intentional. Cover-ups have created irrational narratives, which in turn have resulted in a number of irrational beliefs and behaviors, including the excessive dependence on plastic sheeting, plastic barriers, single-direction walking directives, the idea that natural herd immunity doesn't exist, but asymptomatic spread does, and the belief that lockdowns lower infection rates. One of the most persistent irrational beliefs spawned during this pandemic is that masks prevent the spread of the virus. A recent UK Department of Education report found no evidence that universal mask wearing in schools reduced absences due to illness and therefore should not be mandated. From the initial cover-up of human-to-human transmission of SARS-CoV-2, there's been one cover-up after the other. There are so many, I can only review some of the most obvious and persistent ones here. While one of the latest ones on the scene, there are clear indications that the ultimate pandemic countermeasure, the so-called COVID vaccines, are not what they're made out to be, and the redefinition of vaccine is only the tip of the iceberg. The first section is entitled The Secret Plan to Force Messenger RNA Vaccines on a Reticent Public. NIAID Director Dr. Anthony Fauci, health and human services officials, and other health experts, including Dr. Richard Bright, former director of the U.S. Biomedical Advanced Research and Development Authority, now a senior vice president of the Pandemic Prevention and Response at the Rockefeller Foundation, all participated in a panel hosted by the Milken Institute October 28th through 30th, 2019, to discuss how they might achieve the transition from conventional vaccine development to novel messenger RNA technology. Their discussion revolved around the introduction of a messenger RNA-based universal flu vaccine. They noted that the public might be unenthusiastic, and they discussed the regulatory hurdles of such a product. Bright stated, quote, There may be a need, even an urgent call for an entity of excitement out there which is completely disruptive, not beholding, beholden to bureaucratic strings and processes. It is not too crazy to think that an outbreak of a novel avian virus could occur in China somewhere. We could get the RNA sequence from that and beam it to a number of regional centers, if not local, if not even in your home at some point, and print those vaccines on a patch to be self-administered. Fauci pointed out that going through the process of proving a messenger RNA safe and effective would take a decade or more. 
He also noted that it would be very difficult to change people's perception of influenza and the flu vaccine, quote, unless you do it from within and say, I don't care what your perception is, we're going to address the problem. Reading between the lines. Reading between the lines, it seems Bright and Fauci hinted at a pandemic being the perfect opportunity to roll out this messenger RNA technology and just call it a vaccine. If the situation were to be dire enough, there might be sufficient, quote, excitement capable of disrupting, re- disrupting the status quo and warranting wild experimentation with something brand new, all the while circumventing, quote, bureaucratic strings and processes. Well, by the looks of it, Bright and Fauci got their wish, and the global population is paying the price for their decision to throw bureaucratic strengths and processes to the wind, along with their caution. Many doctors and scientists warned that these gene-based shots were a stupendously bad idea, poised to call all sorts of ill health and death. But rather than having a discussion about the science, Fauci and the rest did exactly what he proposed— They ignored everyone's perceptions and concerns and barreled ahead, changing definitions along the way to make their narrative work. To this day, there are many who do not understand that the COVID shots are unlike any other vaccine. They don't understand how they work, and hence they have a hard time believing that people are having such devastating side effects or that people are dying from them by the dozens each and every day. At present, it looks like somewhere between 64,000 and 407,000 Americans have been killed by these injections. This is using either an underreporting factor of 65, as suggested by the CDC, or 41, as calculated by Steve Kirsch, who is the executive director of the COVID-19 Early Treatment Fund. And that's in a single year. The COVID jab cover-up is undoubtedly something that will be exposed more and more as time goes on. Eventually, the effects will become too blatant and too widespread to ignore, even for those intentionally turning a blind eye. Unfortunately, by then, it will be too late for tens of millions of people who were snookered into participating into a medical experiment that Fauci himself, in 2019, said would take a decade or longer to do correctly. Today, he stands before TV cameras claiming they got it right on the first try, having skipped animal trials, toxicology tests, and oversight boards. The next section is the cover-up of SARS-CoV-2's origin. The origin of SARS-CoV-2, which conveniently allowed Fauci and Bright to fulfill their vision of ushering in messenger RNA vaccines without having to jump through too many hoops, is another major cover-up that needs to be dismantled. In a January 14, 2022 article in the Japan Times, Brahma Shalani, professor of strategic studies at the Center for Policy Research in Delhi, highlights the need to identify the missteps that resulted in COVID pandemic. And to do that, we must investigate what happened in China. Shalani writes, quote, If we are to forestall another coronavirus pandemic in the 21st century, understanding the causes of the current one is imperative. He goes on, Already COVID-19 has caused more than 5.4 million deaths, but that's just the beginning. The toll of the pandemic includes increased rates of obesity, unemployment, poverty, depression, alcoholism, homicide, domestic violence, divorce, and suicide. 
Our chances of eliminating COVID-19 now appear increasingly remote. But as we attempt to figure out how to live with the virus, we must also identify the missteps, accidental or otherwise, that led us here. And that means, first and foremost, turning a critical eye towards China. The next section is, why were facts about human-to-human transmission censored? In the earliest days of the initial outbreak in Wuhan, China, the Chinese regime denied any evidence of human-to-human transmission. This fallacy was then echoed by the World Health Organization in a January 14, 2020 tweet. But less than two months later, the World Health Organization declared COVID-19 a global pandemic. According to the South China Morning Post, the Chinese government knew full well that the virus was spreading between people. Government records seen by the South China Morning Post traced the earliest known COVID case back to mid-November 2019, with one to five cases per day being reported thereafter. Clearly, transmission was taking place. By denying the likelihood of human-to-human transmission, the Chinese government and the World Health Organization allowed the virus to spread across international borders for several weeks. China also expelled all American journalists, prompting this March 18, 2020 tweet by Alexis reporter Jonathan Swain. Quote, terrible. We desperately need accurate reporting from China. The pandemic originated in Wuhan and was initially covered up by Chinese authorities. University of Southampton study found there would have been a 95% reduction in cases and less spread if Beijing intervened, intervened three weeks sooner. Early on, Chinese authorities were also accused of suppressing the voices of doctors who were sounding the alarm and of censoring public health information sharing online. Things only got worse from there. Over the past two years, we've seen truly unprecedented medical, scientific, and political censorship from all over the world. It would have been easy to assume the Chinese regime was running the media narrative globally. But of course, we've since learned that the true source behind this coordinated campaign is the work of a much more hidden system, a deep state run by unelected technocrats with a worldwide network of connections into the government agencies, media, big pharma, big tech, and finance. Fauci may have wanted a pandemic to usher in untested messenger RNA technology, but this deep state network has a far larger agenda, which includes enslaving the global population through technology and digital surveillance and stripping us of our personal wealth in the process. The COVID shots serve their role in this larger takeover scheme in that they could insist on tracking people's vaccination status using health passports and could then be expanded into digital IDs and centrally controlled financial tracking tools. The next section is the lab leak cover-up. Two of the biggest cover-ups have undoubtedly been the persistent denials of SARS-CoV-2 being the result of -of gain-of-function research and the pandemic the result of a lab leak, whether accidental or intentional. Shalani writes further, quote, Here, too, China has embraced obfuscation rather than transparency. Xi's regime, Xi's regime, has blocked an independent forensic inquiry into COVID-19's origin, arguing that any such investigation amounts to, quote, origin-tracing terrorism, unquote. He continues, 
After Australia called for a probe into China's handling of the outburst, outbreak, Xi's government punished it with a raft of informal sanctions. China had help covering up its bad behavior. Early in the pandemic, the World Health Organization Director General Gabrius Gabriasus parroted the Chinese government's talking points and praised its handling of the outbreak. Instead of verifying China's claim, the World Health Organization broadcast them to the world. The West also helped China to divert attention from the lab leak hypothesis. Not only are several labs in the West engaged in research to engineer super viruses, Western governments have ties to the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Both the National Institutes of Health and the USAID have issued grants to EcoHealth Alliance, a group studying bat coronaviruses in collaboration with Wuhan Institute of Tech Virology researchers. The U.S. government has not disclosed the full extent of its funding to these projects, let alone explain why its agencies would fund research at an institution linked to the Chinese military. Americans shielded China from blame. Indeed, American authorities have done a great deal to shield China from fallout. For example, in February 2020, American scientists associated with Fauci's National Institutes of Allergy and Infectious Disease, NIAID, and the National Institutes of Health published a consensus statement in The Lancet in which they, quote, strongly condemned the conspiracy theory, unquote, that the virus was man-made and or leaked from a lab. The letter was later found to have been drafted by EcoHealth Alliance President Peter Daszak, who had subcontracted gain-of-function research on coronavirus to Wuhan Institute of Virology, paid for by Fauci's agency, NIAID. In the aftermath, Richard Horton, editor-in-chief of The Lancet, was publicly criticized for his defense and support of the Chinese regime and was accused of using The Lancet to pursue political causes and stifle scientific debate. The Lancet's bias seems unmistakable. In January 2021, 14 global experts had submitted a letter to The Lancet in which they argued that, quote, the natural origin is not supported by conclusive arguments and that a lab origin cannot be formally discarded, unquote. Horton rejected the submission, saying it was, quote, not a priority. In what appears to have been an act of beneficent reciprocity to its American allies, the Wuhan Institute of Virology quietly deleted mentions of its collaboration with Fauci's NIAID or the NIH and other American research partners from its website in March 2021 after Senate members started grilling Fauci about his funding of -of gain-of-function research at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. They also deleted a scientific article discussing genetic research on the SARS virus. Media upheld the cover-up, allowing China to profit. I first mentioned that the outbreak had the hallmarks of a laboratory escape on February 4, 2020. On March 27, 2020, U.S. Defense Intelligence Agency assessment report noted that the SARS-CoV-2 was likely an accidental release from an infectious diseases laboratory, yet it took a year before mainstream media stopped dismissing the evidence out of hand. The World Health Organization's commission charged with the investigation of SARS-CoV-2 origin also dismissed the lab origin theory without doing a real investigation. 
However, the backlash and incredulity was so great, the World Health Organization's Director General had to quickly backtrack and promise it would be looked into further. Shalani goes on to note that while China's President Xi Jinping has promised to place labs labs handling deadly pathogens has promised to place labs handling deadly pathogens under closer scrutiny. Quote: He continues to denounce any institution any insinuation that the coronavirus could have been leaked. Unquote. Shalani continues. Meanwhile, China is profiting from the pandemic. Its exports are sur- exports are surging. The country has capitalized on the crisis to advance its geopolitical interests, including by stepping up its territorial aggression from East Asia to the Himalayas. But a reckoning may yet come. Nearly three-quarters of Americans now believe that it is likely that COVID-19 was leaked from the world Wuhan lab. Moreover, as China's neo-imperialist ambitions have become clear, unfavorable views of China have have reached record highs in many advanced economies. And he goes on, if world leaders wanted a mandate to pursue further inquiries into the pandemic's origins, it is safe to say they have it. This is not the first man-made China pandemic. The country also produced SARS in 2003, the Asian flu in 1957, the Hong Kong flu in 1968, and the Russian flu in 1977. If the world keeps letting China off the hook, it will not be the last. The next section is COVID lies are everywhere. In March 2021, I published an article featuring the work of Malcolm Kendrick, a general practitioner in Cheshire, England, who has made it his mission to bring some balance to the widespread fear-mongering that occurs at the hands of the healthcare lobby and media, especially in the last two years. In it, I summarized the top eight COVID lies that Kendrick highlighted, including the idea that natural herd immunity doesn't exist and must be achieved through mass vaccination that vaccines induce stronger and longer-lasting immunity than immunity from natural infection, and that universal mask wearing prevents viral transmission. The article also reviewed how COVID death statistics were inflated using a faulty PCR test, why the Swedish COVID-19 response was not at all a disaster, as the media claimed, the myth that lockdowns resulted in lower case rates, and the fallacy that asymptomatic spread was driving the pandemic. All of these myths were sown by government authorities with an ulterior motive to manufacture a pandemic for geopolitical purposes and carefully tended by a dishonest press corps that refused to ask even the most obvious of questions. The next section is lack of honesty has resulted in ridiculous beliefs. Never in my life did I think I would ever see people buy into the kind of nonsense that we've seen in the last two years. And one reason for this irrationality is, I believe, because health authorities, political leaders, and the media all lied about facts, data, and science. By crafting an irrational narrative and pushing it to the exclusion of everything else, they brainwashed people into relinquishing all sense and sensibility. For example, by the end of November 2020, retirement communities were setting up, quote, hugging walls where visitors could hug their loved ones through thick sheets of plastic. 
The AARP reported this as an ingenious invention to help loved ones connect, but in reality, it's but one step from madness. Did no one think that an airborne virus might travel over or under the plastic curtain? And don't even get me started on the single-directional walking rules that stores imposed where large arrows on the floor directed people to walk in a single direction down aisles. Fortunately, that was apparently so over-the-top idiotic that it didn't last very long. Unfortunately, the same cannot be said for all those plastic barriers erected on desks and checkout counters. Untold amounts of money have been spent on these useless contraptions that diminish human interactions far more efficiently than they block viruses. It took well over a year and a half before media even started questioning the usefulness of these soul-sucking barriers. In an August 19, 2021 New York Times article, Tara Parker Pope highlighted research suggesting the barriers can, quote, interfere with normal ventilation and airflow, which can make viral spread more likely. One study by the CDC, no less, found the barriers had no impact on the risk of infection, and another found that they worsened it. The next section is masks still don't work. One of the most persistent irrational beliefs spawned during this pandemic is that masks prevent the spread of the virus. Before 2020, you'd have been hard-pressed to find a healthcare professional who thought a surgical face mask could block an airborne virus. Well, I don't need to tell you what happened. You've all lived through it. In addition to the many studies that in years past demonstrated that masks don't work against viruses, we can now point to a UK Department of Education report which found no evidence that universal mask wearing in schools reduced absences due to illness. Sarah Lewis, professor of molecular epidemiology at University of Bristol, told Bloomberg, quote, Mask mandates can direct, detract from the quality of education and exclude pupils with hearing difficulties from discussions. Where there is insufficient evidence of a benefit of a policy and evidence of harms, the default should be not to intervene. Even so, researchers who apparently want masks to be the rule rather than the exception continue to pursue, quote, studies that purportedly prove everyone is better off with their face covered. For example, a study supporting mask usage came out in January 2020 as part of a National Science Foundation initiative to study disease transmission in classrooms. The study consisted of just 14 people. The insanity of the mask is perhaps best illustrated by the school marching bands being forced to wear a mask with a giant hole at the mouth, through which they can play their wind instruments. The only good thing about this sad story is that sales of these useful, useless facial feature blockers, reportedly picked up by universities and high schools across the U.S., had by the end of August 2020 raised $12,000 for the new Mexico State University Music Scholarship Fund. 